At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Today we invite you to join us in our message series and dive deeper into what God's Word has for us today. Good morning, everyone. I appreciate the warm welcome. Uh, at the 8.30 service, when Vince mentioned that uh, I'm going into construction management, I had actually spent three years doing that before coming uh, into the Institute. I actually got booed by someone at the 8.30 service because, construction, boo! And then, I, <laughs> and then I looked into the audience, saw that not only was that person in my life group, but he's in construction too. <laughs> you can't win. It's Michigan. Be that as it may, yeah, like, like Vince said, my wife Dawn and I are not going anywhere. This is just a matter of just timing um, as well as budgetary constraints that need to, needed to be considered. I'm thankful that I was able to go back to my old job in construction management with the hope of coming on staff uh, December or January. Uh, with that said, I'm so glad to be here with each and every one of you on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers out there. And um, <laughs> yeah. Mother's Day is a day that should be celebrated in the church, yet it's become a difficult day to navigate within the church and within families due to sin and suffering that comes with it. I count myself fortunate because I'm blessed with having been born to a mother that is strong in the faith as a godly woman and who loves me fiercely. I'm blessed in having married a godly woman whose thirst for the living waters of God has only become stronger with time. She helped me raise our four children in the precepts of the Lord into adulthood, and I've also been blessed to see my oldest daughter marry and become a mother to our two grandsons. Like Vince said, I'm one of the older ones to have gone through the Leadership Institute. <laughs> Finally, I am fortunate and blessed to have served in ministry at this church alongside so many godly women, not the least of which are our three deaconesses, Kimmy King, Sharon Pare, and Karen Winter. All of these women are being used by God to advance his mission. And it is with great pleasure that we all should celebrate the godly women in our lives, whether they are biological, adoptive, or spiritual mothers or sisters. At the same time, I want to acknowledge that this day serves as a reminder of pain for many of us in the room today. Like other holidays, you may just want this holiday to come and go. Perhaps you're a woman here today struggling to become a mother. Or perhaps as a man or woman, you, your own mother has passed away. Or your relationship with your mother is strained at best. Or maybe you're even estranged from your mother altogether. Maybe you're a mother with wayward or absent children and are pained today. I've experienced a couple of those pains mentioned myself and still do today. I want you to know that your church family sees you and supports you. Your feelings of pain and anguish are very real and valid. Regardless of our situation, the brokenness that sin brought into this world through the first family of Adam and Eve still wreaks havoc on our families today, leading to feelings of isolation and loneliness. A 2021 study by the Harvard University Graduate School of Education states that 36% of all Americans, including 61% of young adults and 51% of mothers with young children, feel serious loneliness. That means statistically for us here today, 
one out of every two mothers in this room that you see will pick up their kids from the kids' ministry, go home, and will feel lonely before you see them again on Sunday. Outside of motherhood, the feeling of loneliness in our society is getting worse as 61% of young adults also experience the same sense of isolation and loneliness. What this means is that even having come out of the pandemic, studies are finding that people are struggling even more to find a sense of community through deep interpersonal relationships. The good news is that scripture provides a prescription to men and women alike in our social media saturated yet lonely culture and world. When we as a church body walk through life's ups and downs together, we will be better equipped for God's purpose for us in his larger story. Today, we will be going through Luke chapter 1 to a story that is typically brought up and preached on during the Christmas season. In God's larger story, Luke chapter 1 is ultimately about God fulfilling his promises through the births and eventual ministries of John the Baptist and Jesus Christ. What our focus will be on today is how God used two godly women named Mary and Elizabeth in spiritual relationship to encourage each other and experience God's blessing through his purposes for them in his larger redemptive story. Mary and Elizabeth's example will help us understand the big idea for our message today, which is that God uses godly women to advance his mission. God uses godly women to advance his message. His mission, I should say. Turn in your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 39, or you can follow on the screen behind me. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, in order to understand what's going on here, we need to have an understanding of what has happened so far in Luke's story up to this point. The first story in Luke's account involves a priest named Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God and were advanced in years, the scriptures say. According to Luke, they are also without child. When Zechariah went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense, the angel Gabriel appeared to him, telling him that his prayer had been heard and that Elizabeth would give birth to a son. He would be named John and would be great before the Lord and be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Zechariah didn't initially believe Gabriel and was made unable to speak until John the Baptist was born in order to prove that it would come to pass. Elizabeth then conceived John and praised God in her faith. The second story in Luke's account involves the angel Gabriel appearing to Jesus' mother Mary to announce that she had become pregnant with the Son of God. Gabriel then says this to Mary to lead into our passage today. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Now put Gabriel's statement in the back of your mind for a little bit. Nothing will be impossible with God. This leads us into our passage when we see that Mary, who had just expressed her faith in submission to God's will and redemptive plan, then rushed to Judah to visit 
her relative Elizabeth. Now, we know that Mary and Elizabeth were blood relatives, but even more powerful than blood is their spiritual relationship because of their faith in God. When Mary entered Elizabeth's home and greeted her, John the Baptist leaped in Elizabeth's womb as both he and Elizabeth were filled with the Holy Spirit and acknowledged Mary's pregnancy with Jesus. Because these two godly women's faith and spiritual relationship, Elizabeth's son John began his prophetic testimony to Mary's son Jesus as the Messiah's forerunner even before his birth. These women experienced God in a whole new way not in a way that furthered their personal lives and stories in a way that made sense to them, but in a way that continued God's redemptive story in keeping his promises to his people for his glory. This leads to our first point today, that in relationship, we experience God differently. In relationship, we experience God differently. Who here has ever asked the question, God what on earth are you doing in my life? Anyone? Most of us should be raising our hands if we're being honest. You may have thought it, you may have just not said it out loud. God, what on earth are you doing? And have you ever been just completely and utterly baffled about what God is doing? You have no clue. Welcome to the club. We have, we have jackets right there with you. The real question is that I've asked is, why would God not just send the angel Gabriel to me to just tell me what the plan is, right? He did, Angel Gabriel talked to Zechariah, Angel Gabriel talked to Mary. They understood at least a portion of the plan and what their part in it was. We don't get that. It would be just so much easier to follow Christ if we knew the plan. You know, there's a reason why the Apostle John refers to us as God's children. Around the age of three or four, Outside of the word no, what is the most common word that a child utters? Why? Why is the sky blue? Why is the grass green? Why do I have to take a bath? Why do I have to eat my vegetables? Why does that man's face look like that? It's just, they just ask these questions. And the reason being is that they are desperate to learn and understand the world around them. As for us adults... I'd say we're more likely to want to be desperately in control of our circumstances than to understand what God is doing. I need you all here today to know that I'm not just preaching to you or at you, but when I prepared this message, I was preaching to myself first. I am a planner and a manager. When things don't go according to plan, I try to figure it out, and I typically try to figure it out on my own. I can do this. I got this. I'm competent. I'm capable. I'm currently in a season of upheaval in three major areas of my life, one of which Vince shared. I have no idea what's going on. None. But what does God's word show us about Mary and Elizabeth's example on how to respond to this? In order to see how the scripture applies to each of us today as Christians, we must understand on a personal level that God has given each of us enough information in his word and through relational prayer with him to follow the next logical step in obedience. Zechariah was made mute until John the Baptist's birth because he responded to the plan with disbelief at the idea that Elizabeth could conceive due to both of their old ages. He didn't believe that nothing 
is impossible with God. His wife Elizabeth's response to conceiving was one of praise for God looking upon her. Mary's response was to ask how while submitting to God's plan and will. Whose response can you relate to most in your life? Do you believe that nothing is impossible with God? We can't expect God to send an angel to us to explain what's going on, but we can expect his word to be faithful and true. Psalm 119.105 says this, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now, notice that God's word is not like those super bright LED headlamps that people install in their cars that go for two miles in the distance, blind everyone going in the opposite direction, so that when you go home and you go to bed at night, you still see the marks on the inside of your eyelids. That's, that's not what God's word does. We wish, but that's not what it does. Sometimes the light will only be at your feet. So when you don't know what to do, take the next logical step in faith and obedience to Jesus Christ and watch what happens. You don't need the full picture to do that. God has also put us together as a church, the body of Christ, to experience him together and live life together. There's a reason that scripture commands us to gather together. We experience God differently together than when we're alone. There's just something special about coming together as the saints of Christ on Sunday morning to worship. We felt that during the pandemic, didn't we? The online church, and no offense, I'm so happy that you're joining us online, but online church just is not the same as being gathered together with other people who have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them so that we can use our spiritual gifts to serve God by serving each other. God doesn't just seek to bless us individually, but bless us together with godly relationships and encouragement through the church. This leads to our second point, that in relationship, we encourage each other. In relationship, we encourage each other. Join me again in Luke 1, starting in verse 42, if you would. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. So having experienced God individually, Elizabeth and Mary experienced God together as Elizabeth begins to prophesy to Mary. Mary didn't rush over to Elizabeth's house, kick down her door Chuck Norris roundhouse style and say, Hey, an angel visited me. I'm carrying the Son of God in my womb. That's not what happened. Instead, the Holy Spirit provided prophetic inspiration to Elizabeth to declare God's word about Mary and her son. Elizabeth encouraged Mary in calling her blessed among women and her unborn child as blessed and also her Lord. Elizabeth also proclaimed Mary as blessed for after uh, having believed that what Gabriel told her would be fulfilled. Elizabeth's word to Mary are in sharp contrast to how the community would receive Mary's news. Mary was betrothed to Joseph and was a virgin, and yet she found herself pregnant. 
Whereas Elizabeth's pregnancy signaled the end to what the Jewish community considered divine punishment in being barren and unable to have children, Mary's pregnancy would be received completely differently. She wouldn't be able to hide her pregnancy for long. People would talk, spread rumors. Who could possibly believe that the Holy Spirit was the reason for a teenage virgin girl becoming pregnant before marriage? Only another godly woman going through a similar situation. That's who. A woman that God put right in Mary's path, right at the right time, because nothing is impossible with God. This is exactly what Mary needed and exactly what blessed Elizabeth during their season of uncertainty. Elizabeth's encouragement toward Mary had to be, as Proverbs 16.24 says, gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Have you ever received a handwritten note of encouragement or maybe had someone come up to you and tell you something that was exactly what you needed to hear at exactly the right time? Almost as if they knew, even though they didn't, because they were being obedient to what the Holy Spirit was calling them to do. You know, I hate when Facebook, Instagram, and Google magically know what I was talking about and then push ads to me. My wife Dawn wants a hot tub. I don't want a hot tub. And now for the last two weeks, I'm getting ads for hot tubs. I don't want a hot tub. So we're probably going to compromise and get a hot tub. Regardless. <sighs> don't act like that's not what's going to happen. <sighs> but I love when the Holy Spirit stirs a brother or sister's heart to encourage and love on another believer. There's just something divine about being in relationship with other believers, especially ones who know what you've been through or are going through right now. I have permission to share the story about my wife and life group. Uh, over the past year, my wife Dawn has been having some pretty severe pain in her hip, and so she finally uh, got some results back from her doctor, and she needs a hip replacement, which that surgery is actually in two weeks. And so she called me on her way home from the doctor saying, uh, yeah, so here's what's going on. Uh, maybe I should wait a little bit. I, I don't know what to do. And my initial response was, I know several people who have had hip replacements, several of them believers, one of them being my mother and another being someone in our life group. So what I told Don to do was call them, ask them questions, tell them your concerns, tell them what you're afraid of. Less than two hours later, I get a text from Dawn saying, yeah, so my surgery is scheduled for my birthday, May 26th. Get ready. Her questions had been answered, and her concerns were alleviated by believers who understood and had walked the path before. And also because my life group has a sense of humor, we now have a running petition to rename our life group to the Bionic Avengers because of how many surgeries we've collectively had. <laughs> Regardless of how many, of, of what our ages are, we have had too many surgeries. Second that yeah, second that motion. There we go. Thank you, Brian. In applying the point of encouraging one another, let's go a layer deeper. The extent of Elizabeth's encouragement to Mary goes deeper than what we see at first. Elizabeth had waited longer for a child than Mary had been alive at that point, crying out to God for such a blessing. Then comes Mary to visit and overshadows 
Elizabeth's pregnancy with her own. Whether we want to admit it or not, most, if not all of us, struggle with jealousy when we see someone in our family, at work, and even in the church that is experienced and has spiritual gifts like we do. Our natural response is to become defensive, territorial, and jealous. But that's not how Elizabeth responds, does she? Elizabeth, being filled with the Holy Spirit, humbled herself, elevated Mary and her pregnancy. Her reward? A deep, deep relationship through a shared experience with a blood relative and with God. Elizabeth's humility is later echoed by her own son, John the Baptist. When John was baptizing in his ministry, the priests and Levites of Jerusalem came and asked if he was the Messiah, to which he responded, Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. The very next day, John uttered his famous phrase that most, if not all of us know, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. What would our homes, our churches, our communities look like if we as believers came together to give encouragement rather than looking to receive encouragement only? Not that it's bad to look for it, but we can become selfish if we're not careful. When we gather, let each of us consider how we can encourage one another, thinking, others, thinking of others more highly than of ourselves. Let's encourage people to do ministry alongside us, to do what we do, maybe even better than how we do it. Why? To bring glory to the God-man, Jesus, whose sandal strap we are not worthy to untie. That's why. Our individual life stories are interwoven together in God's greater story for his glory. Think of it like tapestry art. God is intricately weaving our story threads into his greater story artwork. From our view, we just see the backside. The back looks confusing, busy, a painful mess. God is working with the front side in mind, which is a beautiful work of art. Our job is to be obedient to God's word like Elizabeth and Mary did. After all, it was Elizabeth's encouragement to Mary in, in, in verifying who she was pregnant with and being blessed by God with her own pregnancy that tightened the weave of their relationship to each other and to God. God could have worked separately through Elizabeth and Mary's pregnancies, but the joy and mutual support would have never been experienced if these two mothers had not been connected as beloved family members. This experience was irreplaceable for them and would be treasured over their lifetimes as God showed his love for them both. Our stories and gifts are to be used to encourage the church and participate in moving God's kingdom plans forward in love and good deeds. This leads to our final point. In relationship, we envision God's plans for our lives. In relationship, we envision God's plan for our lives. Join me again in Luke 1, starting in verse 46. Now, this is a song of praise from Mary, um, and I am not a singer. Uh, if you've ever heard my singing voice, you'll know why, so I'm not going to sing it, but I will read it to you. My apologies. Starting in verse 46, 
And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud with the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. So arriving at Elizabeth's home, Mary heard words of encouragement from Elizabeth and believed her just as Mary believed the angel Gabriel. Mary then begins to worship God with this song of praise because of what he has done for Elizabeth, and she then trusted that God would provide for her life as well. Mary went from being full of questions to full of hope. Elizabeth saw God's blessing and favor over Mary, and Mary trusted that God would reveal that truth to others as well when they would find out about her pregnancy. And this is exactly what the Holy Spirit continues to do today in bringing forth the kingdom of heaven. He brings people to a proper understanding of who Jesus is. King of kings, Lord of lords. With God using godly women to advance his mission, in God's timing, Elizabeth's pregnancy was a miracle of the faithfulness of God which helped Mary understand his purpose for her life in God's greater story to keep his promises and redeem his people once and for all in Jesus Christ. In Mary's song, she focused on how God would powerfully intervene without any regard for humanity's sinful social order and expectations of how things should be done. Likewise, there's, a, there's this beautiful moment in Luke chapter 3 during Jesus' baptism, where we see all three persons of God, the Godhead, at the same time. As Jesus was baptized to set the example for us as believers with baptism, the heavens were opened up. The Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus in bodily form like a dove, and the voice of the Father came from heaven, saying, You are my beloved Son. With you, I am well pleased. The relationship of the Father, Son, and Spirit has always been in perfect harmony as it was at that point and still is today. Yet this affirmation was recorded for us so that we may follow Jesus' example to trust in God's greater plan and mission, not our own. Just as Jesus was baptized out of obedience to the scriptures and Mary was called blessed as she fulfilled God's purpose in his story, each of you has been brought here to this church family to be in relationship together to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ with the community, encourage and edify one another, and envision God's greater plans that he has invited us to participate in. The application here is simple. The purpose and meaning of life is not about you, and it's not about me. The Westminster Shorter Catechism provides my favorite answer to what the meaning of life is stating this, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him 
forever. I love that. God has placed you in this church community for the purpose of deep spiritual relationship with other believers to glorify and enjoy God forever. Don't just show up on Sunday and go home. We experience God differently together. Meet people. Get involved in a life group or class. Serve in ministries to use your spiritual gifts to encourage others. You may not know everything that God is doing and calling you to do in life, but remember Psalm 119.105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. When God is only lighting up your feet and you don't know what to do, take the next logical step in faith and obedience to Christ. Find someone here who has been through what you're going through for encouragement and wise counsel. That's what the Assembly of Saints is for. We're here to worship God, but we're also here for each other. We as believers are not meant to live our lives in isolation and loneliness. Through the pandemic, we saw just how detrimental that was to our very souls. Community tends to be cultivated in good times, but it is deepened through trials and adversity. Remember the angel Gabriel's words, nothing will be impossible with God. Do you believe that in the midst of painful seasons? We tend to hide our struggles from people out of fear of what they will think, especially on Mother's Day. Again, maybe you've lost your mother and are grieving today. Your relationship with your mother is strained or you're estranged. You're struggling to become a mother or father. Your children are absent or wayward. Your marriage may be struggling. You may be struggling with mental health or self-image. Or you're struggling with loneliness. Again, I'm dealing with a couple of those. If you're experiencing loneliness, isolation, and pain this Mother's Day, take heart. Remember the community that God has given you and that he is in control, not us. Now, I'm probably dating myself, but all that we're talking about today reminded me of a classic movie, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Again, I'm one of, I was one of the older people within the residency program. Came out in 1989, still a classic, still an awesome movie. Yeah. There's this unforgettable scene in the movie where Indy's father is actively dying, and the only way to save him was to find a way from one opening in a cliffside to another cliffside with a giant chasm in between. It's one of the series' most famous trials and is called The Leap of Faith. Why? Because Indy knew that he couldn't make the jump by himself. In fact, his exact words in the movie were, no one can make this jump. And they couldn't. He was completely inadequate. It it required him to take a deep breath and step into the unknown. Only when he did that did he see that his foot landed on a bridge that was not visible until he stepped out in faith. Like Indiana Jones, we won't know all the details of our story, but it is that leap of faith that we must take in complete surrender and dependence on God. So as Elizabeth and Mary did, take a deep breath and jump. Dare to depend on God, even if it feels like death. Depend on him. His word is true. 
His promises are always kept. Always. God will not leave you or forsake you. And part of that promise is giving us godly women in the church to do life with, to learn from, and from which the next generation of godly women will rise up. I've been a part of this church body for 11 years, and I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, all you have to do is ask, and you will find a godly woman here if you don't know already. Elizabeth and Mary were godly women used by God to advance his mission so that 2,000 years later, you and I are talking about the faith of two women who believed God, which resulted in the new covenant of grace and salvation that Christ liberally lavishes upon us. Even amidst the pain and the unknown that you may be going through today, it is good to rejoice in the Lord and celebrate the godly women in our lives as a community for the blessings that they truly are. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day that you have made. May we rejoice and be glad in it. Even though you know our pain, Lord, you have still blessed us. Sometimes we just need a reminder of the blessings we have. And Lord, you know every single pain that each person in this room has. You know every single cry, even in isolation, in silence. And Lord, we earnestly wait for the time when, you, when Jesus Christ will return and make all things new. But until that point, Lord, please forgive us for trying to live life on our own, not in community with other believers, trying to do things on our own, saying that we can handle this. Lord, you made us to live in you, to depend on you, to surrender to you, to worship you. So Lord, may your spirit constantly remind us of our need for you. And Lord, may we just take that next logical step and we have no idea what's going on because that is part of our testing to grow to become more like Jesus Christ day by day, is trusting you even when nothing makes sense, when nothing's adding up, when the bills aren't getting paid, when nothing is going right. Lord, you have not left us, nor have you or will you forsaken, forsake us. Thank you, Lord, for that promise. We love you. And Lord, as we go out today, may you continue to work through our lives with the godly women that we have. May we appreciate them properly. And may we be the people that we wish we had but didn't. To glorify you, not ourselves. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head over to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.